We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. 677-80. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us on AM 1420. The answer is we get underway at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Friday, the fifth morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2018. Coming up on the program today, we are loaded with guests, and I have decided to pack the entire first hour with every single member, or every single witness, rather, who has corroborated um, Dr. Christina, or Christine, rather, Blase Ford's story of sexual assault against uh, Judge Brett Kavanaugh. That's right. Every single witness who has corroborated this is going to be joining us. Starting with, let me just read the guest list. This is going to take a little while here. This, these are all of the people who have corroborated Christina Ford, uh, Blase Ford's testimony. And not only them, but also So that is the guest list for today's program. Every single witness that has corroborated Christina Blase Ford's testimony is going to be joining us hey, right here. Yes. Right here. On a free-for-all Friday edition of the Bob France Authority, that's what we have got for you, a free-for-all Friday edition. No, we are truly free-for-all today. That was my way of telling you we are guest-free. That's right. So you can have at it right from Jump Street right now at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Plenty of opportunities for you to call now between now and 11 o'clock. We are guest-free. Thanks to my friend Brett Callantine for uh, that uh, suggestion. He actually didn't suggest I do it, but he just kind of made a joke, and I said, I'm going to roll with it. 
I put on Facebook today that we had uh, you know a free for all Friday, no guest scheduled, and Brett said, "So what you're saying is you've scheduled interviews with every single person that can corroborate Ford's testimony." I ran with it, but I cannot take credit for it. Brett, well done, good sir, and welcome to this free for all Friday edition of the uh, Bob France Authority. So uh, what are we going to do here? Well, we've got a lot of news to get to regarding tomorrow's vote. There's going to be a cloture vote to today, as you know, to advance this thing to a full Senate vote tomorrow. And it's going to come down to the wire, in large part because there are some still some Republican squishes like Jeff Flake and Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins that cannot be counted on for their votes, but also in part because of, well, a wedding. And what are you going to do? There is a Republican senator whose daughter is getting married tomorrow, and not, you know, surprisingly, Dad wants to be there. He doesn't want to be stuck in Washington casting this vote. But if it comes down to one vote or another, and it may, uh, that's that's what that's what's going to have to be discussed. I mean, quite frankly, uh, you know, uh, when your daughter gets married, it's a one-time thing. But when you have a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court hanging in the balance, and that is your job, that is also pretty much a one-time thing. So what is Senator Daines going to do? Senator Steve Daines of Montana, who startled everyone and almost missed the vote for his daughter's wedding on Saturday, says he's supporting the judge based on that report. They're out of arguments. They are. I mean, this thing has shifted to the point now, it's just desperation. And if you are fair-minded, if you take a look at what the evidence says, what these 302 investigations have produced, you'll say that these allegations are false. There's no corroborating evidence. It's a very clear-cut vote for me. Danes will be there for the vote on Saturday, and now it all comes down to math. The Senate meets this morning at 9.30 for the procedural vote to get the ball rolling. So they did indeed adjust things apparently time-wise so he can be there because every single vote, does, it, it does come down to the math. That report from Griff Jenkins at Fox News is exactly right. It does come down to the math, and every vote on the Republican side is going to be necessary, especially when one of the two Democrats who might have been convinced to vote for Judge Kavanaugh because they are in very, very tough fights in red states, uh, Heidi Heitkamp has decided she's a no. I will not vote to confirm him. And uh, most of you, I think, have been uh, uh, persistent in your questions. I think that's fair to say. And um, one thing that I firmly believe is that anyone who had made this decision prior to the completion of the FBI report and prior to the completion um, of the hearings and, and complete vetting did so prematurely. Prematurely. You're going to talk to us, liberal Democrat, about prematurely. Your party decided en masse, before the name Kavanaugh ever escaped the lips of President Donald Trump as the nominee, to oppose the nominee. Talk about premature. You and your minions had website domains all ready to be launched. Stop Kavanaugh now. Stop Barrett now. Stop any one of the names from the uh, Trump 25 uh, uh, person list of potential nominees to the Supreme Court. You bought all the domains. You and your minions uh, uh, had placards ready with just fill in the blank, stop blank now, and then it turned out to be Kavanaugh. So, okay, and you're going to complain about people prematurely evaluating whether or not they were going to vote for this nominee based on the FBI report? Are you serious about that? You begged for the FBI report. You said it could be limited in time because you knew that uh, time is of the essence when you have a midterm election coming up one month from tomorrow. That's right. Early voting, of course, is getting underway. 
But the actual election day is one month from tomorrow. You knew time was the, of the essence. You said just give us at least a limited FBI time uh, investigation. Let them go back. And they did. They went in the span of four days and interviewed 150-plus witnesses looking for corroboration, any kind of corroboration that could conclude that Judge Kavanaugh did the things that they said he did, that, that Dr. Christine Blase fraud said that he did. They found nothing. And why is that? The same reason that when they conducted the first six FBI background checks of Judge Brett Kavanaugh, that they found nothing. Because there's nothing to find. It would be pretty hard for them to cover up a serial gang rapist if there had been a serial gang rapist. It would have been pretty hard to cover all of that up and stop the FBI from finding somebody to corroborate. But there was no one to corroborate because those things never happened. So now that the FBI got their vote, this is, or yeah, got, I'm sorry, now that the left and the Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee got their FBI investigation before the vote, what could possibly stop them from voting, and including Republicans too, the squishes at the end of the, of the list, what could stop them from voting for Kavanaugh? Chuck Grassley weighs in. Uh, legitimately, I found myself in the same position. You want to make sure before you make a final decision, you want your constituents to know that you're very thoughtful about it and what might come up new, uh, they're going to wait till the last minute. I've been in that same position, so I'm not going to hold it against them for not announcing ahead of time. All right, so they don't want to announce ahead of time, but they doggone well better do the right thing. The advice and consent portion of this process is to make sure that the president doesn't nominate someone who is wholly unqualified to serve on the court. Considering this man's decade-plus on the nation's second-highest court, Considering the number of rulings he's he's let me let me read just very briefly it's two sentences from a Washington Post uh, editorial that ran uh, yesterday I believe yeah it was yesterday just think about this for a moment when you look at his um, his qualifications Brett Kavanaugh spent twenty six years in public service instead of cashing in and getting rich as a Beltway lawyer he served. He served as the highest, uh, at the highest levels of George W. Bush's White House staff in positions of great trust. He was cleared, and think, speak about FBI security clearance, think about background checks. He had top secret classification. He could see anything that the government uh, had classified as eyes only. That's how trusted he was. On the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals for 12 years, he has written more than 300 opinions and had at least 10 adopted by the Supreme Court. Taught at Harvard Law at the invitation of the dean and now Justice Elena Kagan. That's right, Justice Elena Kagan on the court, far left, actually invited Brett Kavanaugh to teach law at Harvard Law. Think about that. In other words, with those credentials, Brett Kavanaugh would have been on any Republican shortlist for the Supreme Court. He would have been Jeb Bush's nominee, could have been John Kasich's nominee, could have been anybody's nominee because he is just that clear-cut qualified. So if anybody votes against him, and we know the Democrats decided they would no matter who it was, but if anybody who has been on the fence votes against him, they are absolutely neglecting their duties. They're AWOL. Their job is to give advice and consent based on the qualifications of the nominee, not on their personal opinions of their politics. That is the, re- that is the law, and that is the way this process is supposed to work. Speaking of the Wall Street Journal, I just quoted you a couple of lines from their editorial. 
This morning you may pick up the Wall Street Journal and read the last word from the nominee himself. Judge Brett Kavanaugh has written an op-ed that ran in the, uh, in the Washington, uh, or excuse me, in the uh, Wall Street Journal, wanting everybody to know who he is and why he did what he did last Thursday and what he will do going Judge forward. Judge Kavanaugh released an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal explaining his anger at last week's hearing, writing, quote, I might have been too emotional at times. I know that my tone was sharp and I said a few things I should not have said. I hope everyone can understand that I was there as a son, husband, and dad. The Senate is expected to vote today whether to move a final confirmation vote. That could happen as early as tomorrow. And it will happen tomorrow, and I will tell you what. I will read to you every single word that Brett Kavanaugh wrote in that op-ed coming up in this hour of this program. For now, though, as mentioned, it is a free-for-all Friday, and the phone lines are open, so Tony in South Euclid is up already. Hey, Tony, go ahead. Oh, wow, it's so soon. Okay, give me a, a minute here. Uh, yeah, hey, listen, I just want to tell you, I think you're doing a great job informing uh, the, the people, the public, uh, of what has actually been happening through all this with Kavanaugh. Um, I would like to say this, though. Mm-hmm. I would like to say that this whole spiel has been a job interview and I think the way uh, Kavanaugh uh, handled it could have been a little better, but I think his understanding should have been that this is a job interview, this is politics, you're always going to get the other side, you're always going to get things that, you're in, that are going to catch you off guard, and you've got to be prepared. And one of the things you really need to be prepared on is that if they... Uh, the other side is going to mention anything that's a, a little bit uneasy, then you say, well, look, you know, that's not true. And the public knows it's true, and I believe the public believes me. And you move on. But I think he was too emotional and got uh, too involved in... Tony, Tony, let me let me jump in, and let me because ju- I, I get the message you're sending, and I appreciate it. Thanks so much for the phone call. Let me respond to it this way. This is not... Repeat, not a job interview. You have never interviewed for a job in your life, ever, where part of the qualifications is, see how you respond to your wife and daughters being threatened with rape and murder. That's never happened before. That's not part of a job interview. And in no job interview you've ever, you've ever uh, undertaken, or nor I, has, if you don't get the job, your life been absolutely ruined. If you apply for a job tomorrow and don't get the job, you just go on and try to look for another job. Apply for another one. Apply for another one. Interview for another one. Your life isn't ruined forever because your credibility and your professionalism have all been stained with allegations, public allegations from one end of this world to the other. Because this is international. That the name, your name, Tony from South Euclid, or Brett Kavanaugh from D.C., stained forever as the alleged rapist. No job interview includes that, to the point where if you don't get this job, you lose your other job. Because if you're not fit to serve on the Supreme Court, you're not fit to serve as an alleged rapist on the, on the appeals court that he sits on now. His career is over. Nobody else has that happen when you go to a job interview. And like I said, moreover, because you're interviewing for this job, as you put it, your family 
has been threatened with murder and rape by lunatics, psychos, being egged on by Democratic legislators like Maxine Waters and Cory Booker and others who are inciting leftist lunatics to violence. I submit to you that if Brett Kavanaugh had sat there composed and poised last week while being called a serial rapist by every Democrat on the panel and by every media member in this country, if he had sat there stoically looking robotic, people would have assumed his guilt. Because no innocent man would be able to sit there and take that. An innocent man would stand up and fight for himself. Guess what? Brett Kavanaugh is an innocent man who stood up and fought for himself. And to denigrate him for being emotional in defense of his name, his career, his life, and his family's safety, to me, is absolutely inappropriate. Having said that, I thank you for your call and for your kind words about this program. 922, traffic, more of your calls coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Trying to figure out how that works. You know, not just to my caller. And I apologize to the caller if I was a little overly aggressive in my response, but I wanted to prove a point. To all of those on the left who say now, because, you know, they're all looking for a new reason why Judge Kavanaugh cannot be seated on the Supreme Court. You know, first it was because of his politics, but then they couldn't beat him on his politics. So then it became on his sexual assault allegations. But there's no corroboration and an FBI clearing him of any sexual assault allegations. So then it's back to his politics. And then they can't beat him on his politics, so now it's on his temperament. Because he lost his temper. And he was angry. Now he can't be seated because he got angry for being called a serial rapist. How's that work? Bob France, I accuse you of holding me down against my will 36 years ago and trying to rip my clothes off. Um, well, I never did that. Um, I'm sorry if you think something like that did happen, but of course it did not. Bob France, I accuse you of unzipping your fly and waving yourself in my face and telling me to touch you. Well, that also never happened. I'm very sorry you feel that way and that something did happen to you, uh, but that didn't happen and I stand on my record. Bob France, you organized a series of gang rapes at at least 10 parties back in the 1980s, and I saw you standing in line waiting for your turn to rape a young drugged girl after nine of your friends had already done so. Um, no, well, I'm really sorry that that is your recollection, but that's not exactly what happened at all, and I don't really know who you are or what party you're referring to. If I responded on national television to those accusations in the manner that I just did, no one, no one would believe my denials. Being accused of sexual assault and rape and the most vile sexual conduct imaginable does not elicit calm denials of, no, I'm very sorry you feel that way, but that's not what happened. It, it elicits emotional responses of, are you out of your mind? You gang rapes? What are you talking about? Who are you? And why are you even in why is my name anywhere in your in your mind unless somebody put it there? 
Or you, you have to be absolutely crazy. The notion that I, I'm going to get mad. I'm going to get mad at the people who are telling the lies. I'm going to get mad at the people who are politically profiting from the lies. And when I then find out the emails that are pouring into my wife's account, to my wife's inbox, threatening her and my daughters with rape because you don't care about sexual assault, so how about we do it to your family? Threatening them with murder. You don't think that's going to raise someone's ire? The innocent respond as an innocent person would, with outrage at such horrific allegations. The guilty respond with calmness and trying to calculatedly figure out some way out of the situation. Brett Kavanaugh was exactly what Brett Kavanaugh should have been. We're back after the news. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed, 935, now the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. I can only pray, honestly and truly, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I can only pray that no one, no one within the sound of my voice, but particularly those within the sound of my voice who think that Brett Kavanaugh was overly emotionally, emotionally, overly emotional and angry in his testimony last Thursday, uh, I, I pray you never have to face an allegation of this seriousness. I do. I truly pray that because you would, you would, you would find out the hard way what it's like to be falsely accused. You know what's really amazing to me? Uh, as this whole thing has kind of played out, um, last week in about, I want to say Tuesday, it's been up there for about a month now, I put a, uh, I put a story out. No, it wasn't Tuesday. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. I think this was right after Christine Blase Fraud's lies on Thursday. It was just so coincidental that I found this story that is current. I didn't have to dig back. This isn't going back to the lying accuser, Tawana Brawley. This isn't going back to the lying accuser, uh, Crystal Mangum in the Duke Lacrosse case. This isn't going back to the false accuser, Mattress Girl. This isn't going back to the false accuser of Brian Banks. This isn't going back to the false accusers of all of these other stories, a false accuser of Emmett Till, uh, who was dragged to death, uh, for, for, uh, you know, what he was alleged to have done, which, even if he had done, whistled at a white girl. I mean, don't get me started on that. This is current. I posted this last week on Facebook. Follow me on Facebook at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, and you'll see this. This was current. It's like almost, it was, it was almost fated to be this way. At the time that Christine Blase Ford was making her false allegations, I'm sorry, Blase Fraud, making her false allegations uh, against Brett Kavanaugh on the, uh, in the Senate Judiciary uh, Committee hearing, this story popped up. It is from, hold on a second as my screen refreshes. It always does this when I don't want it to. Uh, but it was uh, from last week, and I'm just trying to find the exact date on it. And I'll give it to you when I have it. It's, uh, this was posted on October 2nd. So hold on, that's only back to, what, Monday or Tuesday? Well, I apologize. It was Monday, October 1st. Now I have it. It was Monday, October 1st. So two days, well, uh, the weekend after uh, uh, Christine Blase Fraud's testimony, this story popped up. Rape charges against four California dentists dismissed after video contradicts woman's story. 
Four dentists from California, including three brothers, who faced rape charges for the alleged assault of a woman at the Wynn Las Vegas, all had their charges dismissed in court on Monday. Charged were a whole bunch of names, because these are foreign-sounding names. Uh, that's nothing against them, by the way. They're American dentists living and working in California. But I just don't want to read their names. Uh, they were charged with sexual assault, conspiracy to commit sexual assault, and first-degree kidnapping for the late July incident. Prosecutors dropped all charges during a very brief hearing on Monday before Las Vegas Justice Court Judge Eric Goodman. After a review of the facts of the case, it was clear that the allegations were completely fabricated. Lawyer Robert Draskovich, who represented one of the four accused, said in a statement, the video evidence confirmed the men's innocence, and the state has cleared them of all charges. The unnamed woman alleged that four men raped her repeatedly in a room at the Wynn early on July 28th after she met one of them in a Wynn bar. Let me repeat that. The woman unnamed, alleged that the four men raped her repeatedly at the Wynn early July 28th after she met one of them at a Wynn bar. At this point in time, I've tried to follow this story up since I posted it, which I guess has only been five days now. I have yet to see any follow-up to the story as to what repercussions there are for the woman who lied about being raped. Because if she is not sent to prison for the exact same length of time that these men would have been sent to prison for rape, then something really wrong is going on here. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to her. But what I do know is this Me Too movement that has everybody being told you must believe women who accuse. And you cannot attack. And when I say attack, I mean question the allegations being made by the accuser. Because now you are victim-shaming. Now you are victim-blaming. Now you are not believing. Now you are against all women. Now you are against survivors. Now you are a misogynist. This has to stop. Because guess what? Sometimes women lie. Sometimes men are falsely accused. Now other times, women aren't lying. Other times... Men have done terrible things. How do we know which times are which? The answer to that question is the bedrock of the American criminal justice system. It's the bedrock of our republic. Two words. Due process. They have the presumption of innocence until guilt is proven. Evidence is required for that proof. Corroboration is required for that proof. And at the bare minimum, if it is just he said, she said, absolutely perfect accuracy on time and place. Something that can give investigators something to go on to prove that, yes, that did happen beyond the, the reason, any reasonable doubt, is required before any sentence of guilt or any... Uh, um, a judgment of guilt can be made in any sentence passed. The bottom line is, you cannot lock people up on accusations. And since this was in a, was in a court of law, you cannot deny someone their profession, their career, their livelihood, on, on nothing more than an accusation either. This story just popped up, literally, in the middle of all of this. After Dr. Fraud told her lies on Thursday, this popped up over the weekend. I found it on Monday. 
uh, uh, October 1st. I found it on Monday. These four guys, literally, thank God for them, there was video evidence to clear them, because otherwise, it's he said, she said, and who knows? These guys might be on their way to prison. You ever hear the story of Brian Banks? Brian Banks was a football player. Brian Banks, his story is absolutely tragic. He was he signed with the Atlanta Falcons back in 2013. He was an undrafted free agent uh, with the Las Vegas Locomotives of the United Football League in 2012. His story is another example of exactly why the Me Too movement has to be reined in. And we cannot allow these thousands of marchers in D.C. yesterday to demand that every woman be believed. Ruining men's lives in the process. In the summer of 2002, Brian Banks was arrested and charged after a classmate of his name, Juanetta Gibson, falsely accused him of drugging her into a, dragging her rather, excuse me, dragging her into a stairway at their high school, Polytech High School, and raping her. Faced with a 41 years to life sentence, he accepted a plea deal that included five years of prison, five years of probation, and registering as a sex offender for life. Juanetta Gibson and her mother, Wanda Rhodes, sued the Long Beach Unified School District, claiming the Poly Campus was not a safe environment, and won $1.5 million in a settlement. Brian Banks said that the lawyer said that by pleading guilty he would receive probation but no jail time. He got five years. In March of 2011, Gibson, the alleged victim, contacted Brian Banks her alleged rapist, on Facebook, met with him, and admitted in the presence of an attorney that she had fabricated the whole story. Banks secretly recorded Gibson's confession, but she later refused to tell prosecutors that she had lied so she wouldn't have to return the money that she and her family had won in court. Prior to the taped confession, Banks had asked for help from the California Innocence Project, a nonprofit law school clinic run by the San Diego-based law school, uh, California Western School of Law, that investigates and litigates cases of factual innocence. But at the time, there had been no sufficient evidence of Banks' innocence for them to take on the case. And once again, there was no sufficient evidence of his guilt either. So he was charged with the same thing that Brett Kavanaugh was charged with, which is trying to prove a negative. However, after the confession recorded by Banks, CIP decided to make this organization's, uh, the organization's first case involving a wrongfully convicted person who had already been released from prison. He wasn't just wanting his release, which he got. He wanted his name cleared. The video evidence was not admissible in court because the video had been made without Gibson's knowledge or consent and was not accompanied by a signed confession from the young woman. However, CIP was instrumental in putting together additional evidence supporting his story, which led to the DA to eventually dismiss all charges against him, again, well after the fact, because he had already served five years in prison. On May 24, 2012, he was also released from the sex offender status, allowing him to resume his aborted sports career. He supports CIP and is in its efforts on behalf of the wrongly, wrong, wrongly convicted, including participating in their innocence march in 2013. He often wears a shirt with the lettering XONR8, which spells out exonerate. So here's a guy 
who lost the prime years of his life because of the lies told by a woman who said he raped me. But to listen to today's Me Too movement and all of those idiots running around in D.C. yesterday, the same blank, you know, the pink blank hat wearers from the Women's March, celebrities, you know, Linda Sarsour, and so many of these, to listen to them tell it, that woman should be believed. If the same Juanetta Gibson allegation against Brian Banks that was made in 2002 was made now in 2018, Brian Banks would be convicted again with no evidence. Forget about me, too. Forget about it. That doesn't mean that no women have ever been assaulted or raped or harassed or what have you. But hashtag me too brings with it the automatic assumption of guilt on the man. That can't be allowed. How about we start the He Too movement? Hashtag He Too, featuring the likes of the Duke lacrosse players and Brian Banks and Brett Kavanaugh. And I could sit here and run down a list. I already did, in fact, talking about some of the other accusations. The UVA uh, fraternity pronounced guilty by Rolling Stone magazine, had to retract all of it because it was a lie. We can go on and on down the line. How about He Too? The Me Too movement was born, perhaps, of, of a noble cause, trying to protect women from, from predatory men. Okay. And if it nets some really, really bad people like Harvey Weinstein and, and Matt Lauer and, and Bill Cosby and others who's where the there's evidence there's evidence and corroboration if it nets them and gets, takes them out of their positions of of authority and fame and power and so on and so forth good but the me too movement while it was born of a noble cause has morphed into something very 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 dangerous and it was used by evil demonic liberal democrats to destroy Brett Kavanaugh's life not just his career, but his life, and that of his family, his wife and his two daughters, who have endured unimaginable, unspeakable threats simply because their husband accepted a nomination to the Supreme Court. Or their husband and father, rather. That's how dangerous this is. All right, I'm sorry for the extended monologue there. I know you're on hold, but I just had to tell the story of Brian Banks, and I had to tell the story of those dentists and others, because this happens far more than people realize. And I'll tell you this. One, wrongly accused man going to prison or having his life ruined the way Brett Kavanaugh's is, one is too many. We require evidence, and absent evidence, we cannot destroy these people. Now I'll go back to your phone calls after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Just take those old records 9.52, now the Bob France Authority continues. Let's go to the phones as promised. BJ's been waiting in uh, North Olmstead, I believe it is, uh, on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, BJ, go ahead. Thank you, and very well done this morning, Bob. I'd like to bring a different perspective, if I may. The issue with Kavanaugh really had nothing to do with abortion, or else they wouldn't jump to the rape charges and, and alcoholism and all these other things. 
the present Democratic Party, including the one in Cuyahoga County, which did the LGBT thing and all these things they're pressing, what maintains them and keeps this new Democratic Party going is keeping a major part of the population angry in America. Even people that are living well in this country have anger issues. I have people that I've known for years that are angry, and I ask them why. They, can't, they, they live in nice homes. They have nice cars. They have a job, but they are angry. We have raised a generation of people and young people that are raised to be angry, if you really think about it. Listen to everything that the Democrats and the present party today bring up that does not associate anger with the issue. The mob that was out there raising hell, men and women, why would a man be concerned about a woman's right to choose? But they're out there. They're out there to raise hell. They're out there to be angry. They're out there to get in somebody's face. They're out there to push somebody around. We have to recognize there is an element of, of American population living as well as they have any time anywhere in the world that have an anger issue. And you watch between now and this coming election in November the anger that is being raised. And if you sit down and ask these people, what are you truly anger at? I'm at, uh, angry at them taking a woman's right to wait to choose. Choose to do what? To kill babies. What are you angry at? I'm angry at the animal rights people that don't want to save puppies, but they're all right with killing babies. The irrationalization that's going on, it, it is a population thing. It's more than a political uh, situation. And, and, and you're a very wise man, and you, you've really got an education this year, and you've shared a lot of your, your thoughts and influences. But be aware of the population attitude. You'll see that this party stimulates anger in the American population. And I thank you for your time, Bob. PJ, I thank you for your words, uh, and I agree. Um, and their anger, of course, is being stoked, <clears throat> fomented by uh, the radical extremist American left. They are trying to build up anger because they believe anger will lead to power. And that's what this is all about. You know, and the funny part about it is everything you just said is true about the anger of the left and the anger displayed by all of those marchers, whether it be a Black Lives Matter march or whether it be, whether it's a Code Pink march or it's a women's march or it's a pro-choice march or this march or that march, an anti-Trump march. All of the anger that they display that leads to violence, that leads to looting and rioting and attacking police officers. How unbelievably hypocritical is it for them to get mad, or excuse me, to, uh, to criticize Brett Kavanaugh for anger? <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh is too angry to be a judge. He can't sit on the Supreme Court. Look at how angry he got. Says the people smashing windows and attacking cops. Look at how angry he got. Says the people roundhouse kicking cameras out of women's faces, or hands, I should say, as they record their marches. You've probably seen that viral video, haven't you? It's despicable. Let's go to... Oh, by the way. <laughs> well, I, just, I, I, I literally decided to do it on a moment's notice. I had just seen, before the show started, the message from my friend Brad on Facebook, and I thought, that's a really great way to do it. I'm going to introduce the guests who, uh, uh, who have corroborated a Ford story. That's all I could do. I didn't expect the crickets. I just expected dead silence. See, I can't do that, though, because it's radio. Dead air is, 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 is death in our business. You know, if you have two or three seconds of dead air, you've got a major problem on your hands. If people hear dead air, they think the station's off the air, and they punch and change the channel. So I, I had to fill the sound with something or fill the air with something, and that's why we did crickets. 
Okay, uh, the Democrats, the left, the media, whoever you want to call them, they know this is a lie. They know it. They just have to. I think this is all about Trump, all about the election coming up. They can't go after Trump or the Republicans for their policies. So they have to go, they have to attack someone's reputation. I don't think this is as much about that or even the election as it is about that court. They, I mean, because they thought, well, we don't like it, but, you know, he, he's going he's gonna to replace one conservative with another one. At least the balance of the court doesn't change. But now that Kennedy, who's a swing vote, who sometimes went with the liberal point of view, depending on what the case was, now that he is, uh, has retired and, and it's going to be a conservative replacing a more moderate, this, this is where they, you know, they've drawn their line in the sand. They know that this is something that can impact uh, this country for decades to come. I think it really is about the court, and that's why I really think it is not about proving his guilt, but just keeping it in question long enough to delay the vote until after the midterms, when then, of course, they can slam the brakes on it. Yes, I agree with you. It's, it's just the same old thing. It's just go after someone's reputation about, you know, everything, being a sexist, being a racist. Oh, sure, identity politics. And that's all it is. You can't, you know, you just, I, I don't really hear anything about their policy. They just throw things out, you know, about, you know, the Republicans are for the rich. But I do just believe that this is, this is about the election coming up. Well, I'll tell you this, whether 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 they intended it to be or not is another story, because I've got two different polls in front of me, David, that say uh, the Democrats, or Democrats, Democrats' um, um, enthusiasm uh, for the twenty. 18 midterms coming up one month from tomorrow um, is is shrinking rapidly. Their enthusiasm gap, you know, the lead they had over the Republicans in that regard is gone. The Democrats, or excuse me, the Republicans is through the roof. Republicans have been completely galvanized by this. They are they are unified. They're angry. They are tired of the smearing of Brett Kavanaugh. They are using what the Democrats have done against the Democrats, which is exactly what they should do. But they are going to race to the polls. In my, you know, there's an old adage about crawling over broken glass to get to the polls. That's what I feel like Dem- or Republicans are right now. They are so put off by what they've tried to do to Brett Kavanaugh. They are so disgusted. I'm gonna, in fact, I'll share something with you after the top of the hour news, which we have to get to now. There is one of the most, one of the most devotedly anti-Trump, far-left, liberal, anti-Republican Party haters working in the entire media. His name is Brett Stevens. He writes for the New York Times. He hates Donald Trump with a passion that seeps out of his pores. He wrote an op-ed in the New York Times yesterday in support of Donald Trump. How? Why? What was his message? I will tell you after the news, right here on AM 1420, The Answer. I'm going to have- 